Welcome to the Digital Workplace Deep Dive. I'm your host, Weston Morris. In our previous podcast, you met Alan Nance, the CEO and co-founder of Citrus Colab, and I'd like to welcome Alan back to the podcast. Nice to see you and nice to hear you again. Just to give a quick recap to our listeners, some of the key points that you brought out in the previous episode, one of the things that really struck me was a statistic that less than 2% of our KPIs actually measure experience. If that's the case, that means we really have a very difficult time figuring out what the experience is, what the experience we want to achieve with either our employees or with our customers, and both are very important. So this episode here, we're going to focus on how do we measure this experience, the engagement, and what are the tools that are doing that. In our last uh, episode, Alan, we talked about SLAs, and that is the bread and butter of managed service providers. We have a ton of SLAs, and I'm thinking that perhaps there's some example you can come up with where SLAs actually work against getting or measuring an experience. Yes. So let me start off by saying I do see a very important role for SLAs. But having said that, one of the the great situations uh, where SLAs actually get in the way, I think, is with call centers and service desks. So the most important thing that a company can do is to have a constructive dialogue with its customer and with its employee especially the employees that are very close to the customer, that are on stage for the customer. So imagine a situation that you decide to limit that dialogue because it's inefficient. And that's, that's exactly what we're doing in most call centers and most service desks across the world. I mean, recently I was talking to a customer insights director of a very, very large international organization. And they spend 100 or 200 million a year trying to understand what their customers want. And I asked him, so how does that work in your call centers then? And he said, well, what do you mean? I said, well, if I call a call center, I, as a customer, am engaged with you. I'm calling you because I have a relationship with you and I want to ask you something, or I want to tell you something. And you will actually say to me, this call is so important that I'm going to record it for quality purposes, quality and training purposes. And the truth is that you may well record that, but you're gonna do absolutely nothing with it (laughs) in terms of understanding why that person called you. Less than 10% of any call that's recorded is ever listened to. And if it is listened to, it's usually driven by a compliance issue. No major enterprise has a structural way of analyzing the sentiment and the input that comes from customers. So yes, we're spending hundreds of millions doing surveys and and focus groups. And yet every day, 2.2 million call center agents get a call from somebody asking them about a product, telling them about a service. And our reaction is to get them off the call as quickly as we possibly can. So true. It's stunning. It's absolutely stunning. And it is the biggest source of lost value that happens within the whole technology industry. 
you shared a quote with me in an earlier conversation, Alan, uh, from Joe Pine, I think, where he said to be understood versus interpreted is so important. We want to be understood. We don't want to be interpreted. And that is so valuable. Joe says we should be able to charge money for it. If that's true, then then this measuring of experience, if it really helps us to understand our customers, should lead to additional revenue, not just simply reducing costs, which is what the SLA is driving. I have another example for you, Weston. Uh, in 2018, uh, one of my colleagues was working uh, on social media analysis at a large retail supermarket. And as he was looking at the social media interactions and, and listening into some of the call center conversations, uh, he noticed a dramatic spike uh, in the uh, interaction between uh, the customers and the supermarket. And it was around a few keywords. And the most important keyword was plastic. And so this triggered an investigation by him and, and the team. And what they found was that Sir David Attenborough, in one of the episodes of Blue Planet 2, had basically asked supermarkets to reduce the amount of single-use plastic, and he demonstrated that single-use plastic was a major cause of pollution. And as a result of that, consumers from all over the world started calling into their supermarkets. So my colleague uh, went to the executives of the supermarket and told them about this enormous spike and explained that this spike was very, very unusual and needed to be given uh, due consideration. Now, the initial reaction was, well, we're not seeing that. It's not in our plans. Nobody's talking about it. We don't see it from consumers or in focus groups. But because of persistence, they, they started to investigate and it helped the, this uh, supermarket get ready for what became the single most important change in consumer behavior in the last decade. Because 88% of the people that watched that Blue Planet 2 episode changed their behavior. And that has led to a massive change in the way retail supermarkets uh, use plastic and offer plastic and replace plastic. And so that early warning of listening to what the customer is actually saying to you uh, helped them get ahead of what, what became a dramatic change in business conditions. That is a very powerful example. Uh, it just makes me think about all of the calls that are happening right this second to call centers or even service desks and in, internal to companies. And that type of information is being shared or attempted to be shared by the customer or the employee, but it's not being captured. And I think it comes back to the SLA <laughs> is saying, fix the problem, get off the call, get to the next one, not understand what the customer experience is. Well, and I, and I would actually say, Weston, it's even, even worse than that, because recently Vance and Bourne uh, did a study. And in that study, they found that 51% of incidents are usually not reported to the service desk, 51%. So the SLAs that we are looking at is a subset of all of the experience that people have with technology. I'm not saying this is true in every organization, but this was true in a large number of organizations. That was the average that the business said they couldn't be bothered for whatever reason 
to report this to the service desk. So I don't think you're saying SLAs are dead. Um, there's still an important role for SLAs to play in, in measuring productivity and operations and knowing what's going on. But I think what I hear you saying is that some SLAs can conflict with an XLA. So the goal of measuring experience may run into head on with a counterproductive SLA. Is that the case? And if so, how do we address that? Well, it is the case because, first of all, an SLA is there to guarantee the continuity and predictability and quality of a service. It's not there to guarantee the predictability of experience. So the goal of an SLA is not to to deliver a specific experience. That's the first thing. The second thing is that what you'll find is that most SLAs, especially in a sourcing arena, are static. So once they've been agreed, they rarely, if ever, change at all. Maybe the thresholds might change over time, but the SLAs will not. Whereas we know that experience is very volatile. What people experience yesterday will dictate what they expect tomorrow. So an XLA has to be a much more uh, volatile, managed aspect of your service provision. So that's the first thing. So we need to really figure out what experience do we want to provide? Preferably, we want to provide an experience that we understand is desired. And that's a skill set that we need to develop. And it's a skill set that once we've developed an XLA, we will then uh, adjust SLAs and KPIs to support the experience rather than being disconnected from it. On your Citrus Collab website, Alan, I see a phrase, and I'd, I'd like you to help me understand it a little bit better. You're cautioning about the gravity of average performance and how that will impact my evolution of XLAs over time. What do you mean exactly by that, the gravity of average performance, and what does it mean to us as we think about XLAs and measurement? So the gravity of average performance is a term that was created and coined by BCG. And what they found over time was even the most innovative companies find that the value that consumers place on their products and services declines over time. You could almost say familiarity breeds contempt. Human beings are quite fickle. Uh, if you remember back to the first time you, you had an iPhone <laughs> or, or the first time you got into a Tesla, you were amazed. Mm. you would never seen anything like it. You couldn't believe what it was about. Today, the new iPhone, we're talking about, is it 64 gigabyte? Is it 128 gigabyte? Does it have a better camera? The thrill is gone. And, and, and same with Tesla. You're getting a Tesla right now. You see the big iPad screen. You're not impressed by that. So you're looking for, what have you done for me lately? Right. And, and so what we find is over the whole continuum, the gravity always pulls you back to average. And which means that you're in a continual fight to interpret, anticipate, and design new experiences that are going to make the interactions with you and your employee or with you and your customer memorable. The goal is always to create memorable experiences because, as Joe Pine says, memories are the hallmark of experience. So if I'm to apply that, I think that uh, is an important thing to keep in mind as I evolve my XLAs over time, correct? Indeed, indeed. So, I mean, we will start normally by taking small steps. Um, so I would say, let's determine 
the experience that we want to provide. And it may be very limited. We may just limit ourselves to one group of employees. We may limit ourselves to one particular function. And then we'll determine what experience can we provide there. And, and in order to, to design that experience, we really need to understand what the starting point is. So what is the current experience landscape? And as you just said, Weston, less than 2% of the KPIs we use cover that. So we're going to make a, we're going to have to make a more concerted effort to understand what the employee experience or the customer experience is. And through dialogue, we then need to determine what the experience wants and needs actually are, as opposed to what some clever group thinks the experience is that consumers or employees want. Having done that, then we identify what needs to be measured and surveyed to determine just how well we're achieving that experience ambition. And that's where SLAs and KPIs can come back and play a role, because it's clear that, for instance, uh, system performance or outages or unavailability of cloud services definitely affects experience. So we're not saying throw that away, but we're trying to put it in terms of what do these SLAs and KPIs mean in terms of the flow that an employee or a customer experiences or the return on energy that they get from investing in interacting with us. And then once we've done that, especially if we're in the outsourcing space, we need to develop a contractually valid uh, XLA and we need to have the operating documentation so that we can put that into practice. Well, and you've given us several excellent tips here to think about measurement differently, to think about experience differently, and even some, some guidelines as to how we can achieve coming up with an XLA and coming up with a, ultimately an experience that matters. I think to, to close out this podcast, our audience would love to hear, of all the things you've talked about here, what would be the first step in getting close to the ability to be able to provide an XLA and to have this experience? I think the first step is envisioning it. What would life be like if we understood the experience and who all should be part of that? And that may not just be the IT department. It could also be involving people from, uh, from talent or HR. It could be involving uh, people from finance to, to understand what experience we'd like to provide. I, I always say, you know, start where you are, do what you can with what you've got. Um, understand the starting point. I think that's the really important thing. What is your current experience landscape? What's the opportunity? And I think when we talk about value, and we talked about value a lot last time, you're going to find that there is incredible value in this space that gives enterprise IT, uh, particularly enterprise IT and the suppliers that support them, like Unisys, an amazing opportunity to add value in ways that hasn't been seen before. And that's a much nicer org uh, organization to be in, a much nicer conversation to be having than the one of, you know, continual cost reduction. Well, Alan, I think that's a, probably a great place for us to conclude this podcast. And I just really want to thank you for taking time. I know you've been busy moving <laughs> and uh, of course, running a company and, and CEO of Citrus Collab. Thank you so much for, for giving me some of your time for not just one, but three different podcasts here on end user experience, or should I say prosumer experience? And how do we measure that? What does it take to get to an XLA? Thank you so much, Alan. Thank you. So I'll be providing some links back to Citrus Collab's website 
where you'll be able to get more information both on the importance of experience and how to measure it properly. You've been listening to the Digital Workplace Deep Dive. I'm your host, Weston Morris. Thanks for listening.